Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip addresses three financial rules, including the 20% home run bucket, the five-year liquid rule, and the railroad principle, and answers your questions such as, what do you think about Microsoft purchasing TikTok? And should I invest in space? Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. All right, back with another Ask Philip podcast episode. So I got some great questions this week that we'll that we'll go through. And but before we get into that, look, we're gonna look back at 2020, and we're this is gonna be one of those years, right? You got like pivotal years, like 1929, 1945, you know, 1968. When was Kennedy assassinated? 63. 63. You know, this is going to be like a 2020 people, when people like it's literally probably going to be a movie made called 2020 because and everything happened in 2020. So suck it in, enjoy it, be as positive as you can as you're going through it, because this is going to be a year to remember. It's all kind of crazy stuff going on. And side note, uh, what happened to Kanye? Did he get locked up? I know he's on Twitter talking about his wife trying to lock him up. And we have not heard from him since that tweet storm he did. So maybe she did. Go ahead and lock that up. I honestly really don't care uh, what happened to Kanye. That sounds harsh, but I feel for him because of his mental state. But, you know, I stopped listening to Kanye a long time ago. Let's get into this podcast episode. You know what? This is going to be a different episode. I'm actually going to give some rules. Instead of, instead of questions, I'm going to really have most of them as, as rules and just one question. These are kind of rules that I use, algorithms, if you will, uh, that guide my investing process. First one is going to be the 20% home run bucket. So what's the 20% home run bucket? There's a lot of people out here that they invest money and they know intuitively that investing for the long term, meaning like retirement investing and, and or, or legacy planning where you're being boring, basically you're diversifying your money, spreading it out in multiple different places. Diversification that way means you're probably not going to make a killing in the short term, but you're not going to get killed. That is the boring investing. That's the 401k investing. That's the IRA investing. That is investing when you think about boring financial advisors or books. You know, over time you can get rich, but it's a, it's a slow process. It's slow compounding over time. And it is a very effective way. It's what I preach over and over and over again if you've listened to my podcast. But one thing I don't talk about is the 20% bucket, right? So so for, for example, in models that we have on the platform for that we when we manage money for larger accounts, uh 20% of our stock position is a concentrated, you know, bucket of 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 individual stocks. It's anywhere in the range of 7 to 15, but we you know, most of the time it's 10 or less, but we really want to have a concentrated bucket of ideas uh for the for the stock portion that's not so boring and these are stocks that are in the future, right? Growth stocks, stocks that are dominating their industry, stocks that some people, many people have never heard of, and some that they have heard of, 
but it's the quote-unquote exciting part of the portfolio. The, the process for how we select the management is pretty boring, but these are what you would consider like exciting stocks. And and the reason why I do that is that even though it's 20% of the overall stock allocation, it can be meaningful if we pick them right to the overall return of the portfolio, meaning it can it can potentially add some what we call alpha over return to the overall portfolio if those picks uh, are good. And so clients with outside accounts, I'm like, hey, listen, like if you want to do the study, want to do some work and you want to try to select a small group of stocks that can help increase the overall return of your portfolio, use the 20% rule, meaning you can put zero to 20% of your money that, you know, on less concentrated investments, less concentrated bets, meaning individual stocks and only a few of them, but don't do it with more than 20%, right? Make 80% or, or more boring, right? So you can say, you can do 5%, put 95% boring, or you can do 10% at home run and do 90% boring. But the point is, don't do more than 20% because if you're wrong, it's going to really blow up the the boring, you know, relatively simple part of the portfolio. But the 20% rule is a good way to, you know, potentially give yourself better performance over time and still help you get the bulk of your money compounding consistently in the right way uh, over time, you know, when you look at history. But that's 20% rule. Hope that helps somebody. Next rule. The five-year liquid rule. This is a rule for if I'm talking to anybody, and I've been doing this for 14 years, the mindset around entrepreneurship has changed a lot. Meaning, you know, when I had this conversation with the five-year rule seven, eight, nine years ago, there were less people who wanted to be entrepreneurs, right? It seems like every year less people are, or more people are tired of the traditional corporate job. More people are willing to start their own business or even join the gig economy or and or have side hustles. But more people want to not work at a nine to five for until 60 that's becoming like and and i think it's 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 not just the millennials or the generation z like it's i see it at every age bracket people are just tired of the traditional job right and so somebody who's in a mindset where they're like listen i don't know if i can do this for the next 15 20 years not doing this i'm like okay cool when when you're saving for retirement still use 401ks and iras but let's also target an outside account, like a regular investment account. Uh, my last episode, I went over the different types of investment accounts. So this is a brokerage account where it's, it's liquid and available. And let's target having, you know, somewhere around three to five years of of your paycheck in that account um, liquid. So it's growing similar to your portfolio in in the retirement plan. So it's 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 aggressive. But it's liquid if you need it, right? And so that way, if whenever that, you know, so let's let's use simple math. Let's say you take home a hundred grand a year, right? Then you would say, all right, my target in that account is five hundred thousand, right? And you know, or three hundred thousand, right? Three to three to five years. But once you have that amount of money in in that account, now you're able to walk away from your job as you've been building your side hustle and go all in because now if you need money you don't have to cash out your 401k and pay taxes and penalties you got a bucket of money that's available that you can use and also uh, if you're successful right with your business then that money can still stay and grow and be used for retirement so it's so it's still setting aside the same amount of money you would for retirement you're just reallocating how you position it. It can also be used to where, let's say you got five years and you start pulling money down and you go from 500000 to 300000 right? Now you know, okay, 
it might be time for me to get a job pretty soon because you don't want to blow through all of it because it's going to affect your long-term retirement goal. But the money is there and accessible and available uh, for you to do that, right? And so uh, the five-year liquid rule is just a, a you know a, a different way to put away money. If if your plan says you need to put away two thousand a month to be financially independent, is not having you save an additional. It's just reallocating where you put that money instead of putting it all in your 401k plan you're going to have some in a brokerage account uh, targeting that three to five year of your take-home income number to give you the flexibility to like leave corporate america uh, financially responsibly when you're ready next rule the railroad principle this algorithm actually like it's it's one of my top top ones because it can save you a lot of headache, heartache, and and loss of money over time. So what's the railroad principle? Well, when you go back to the early days of America where railroads were changing the, the economy, right? Because before railroads, you had major commerce around like where boats can get. So it was like, you know, think of like D.C., New York, um, Houston, New Orleans, Memphis, and all the big cities around Mississippi, St. Louis, they were all built around waterways. Well, take a city like Dallas. Dallas has no waterways, but Dallas was early in the railroads. I mean, you know, railroads is what basically built Dallas. And so major um, city hubs were able to get built around railroads. So railroads were like a great stock to invest in once they were building up America over time. But in the railroads, you have bubbles. So think of what happened to technology stocks in 1989 or all the other bubbles. Railroads had a bubble period when they first were being brought to America and, and going across. People got overexcited. The prices shot up. There was a big you know bubble. It popped. A lot of folks lost a lot of money. Um, that same process, uh, and it's been happening like since before railroads, but I call it the railroad principle because we're in America, and it was one of the early bubbles in America. But you can play that out to, you look at the gold rush, you look at the, the Nifty 50, which were in the late 60s, the stocks that changed the way we did business. So think of like McDonald's, part of the new Nifty 50, you know, Kodak, right? These were companies that were changing the game in their time. Then you look at technology stocks, or actually before technology stocks, you had Japan and what they were doing in the late 80s, and everybody bubbled up those stocks, tech stocks. Uh, had a big bubble. And, and and here's where I'm going. Anytime there's some sort of new technology, right, or new way of doing business, humans act the same way. Everybody runs in at the same time. There's a big bubble. A lot of new businesses lose money, like, like tech startups did in 99. A lot of, like a big majority of investors lose money in that tech crash. It also happened in Bitcoin in 2017, 2018, right? So it it happens over and over and over again. And so if you understand the railroad principle, then when it's happening, like you see it, you know, because everybody is going crazy over that one industry. It's new. You don't even have to know how to value stocks. To know this. It's, it's, it's overvalued because you can just know, oh, it's going up a lot and everybody's talking about it and it's new. All right. Railroad principle says I should probably just wait, you know, let's wait for the bust and let's wait for when we have a clear winner. I, I like to use the example of Amazon because it's recent history. Amazon um, wasn't a clear winner in 96, 97, 98, 99. It wasn't a clear winner. And it dropped something like 90-something percent, 80-something percent in the tech bust. But Amazon became a clear, it was a 
clear winner by the time 2010, 11, 12, 13 came. And it was look go go look at the price now. Go look at Amazon stock price in 20, 2009, 10. Like it was really low um compared to what it is right now. And you still could have made it come up. You didn't you didn't have to be early. You didn't have to be super clever. You could have been like, what was that? More than 10 years late on Amazon and bought it at an attractive price when it was a clear winner. Because when the when the railroad principal pops, you get plenty of time to just wait and pick up cheap stocks for the clear winners. Somewhere down the road, Bitcoin's another example. When cryptocurrencies were coming out and you had all these ICOs in 2017, 2018, who knew who the clear winner was? When it all popped, Bitcoin became the clear winner. And so you just waited and you bought it when you understood it. We'll see how that plays out because that story isn't playing out yet, but fully, but we're in the early stages of just showing that, hey, you know, Bitcoin's killing it. That's the railroad principle. We're done with principles. Now these are questions. So next question. Philip, what do you think about Microsoft purchasing TikTok? So let me give some history. Microsoft is a company that I think has done an amazing job as a comeback story. There are very few big, stodgy old companies that reinvent themselves and become growth companies again. And Microsoft uh, has done that under a relatively new CEO for Microsoft, and he's done a great job, right? They bought LinkedIn. They have a great cloud business. Their their cloud business is like number two to Amazon. They were early on getting the regulatory stuff set up for privacy and everything, so they have stayed, for the most part, off the S list for politicians, which has put them in a position to where now you have this trade war, which is normal in, in this time period of economics for two world powers to fight each other. And TikTok is a company owned by a Chinese conglomerate. Uh, and it, you know, I'm mean, not giving a political opinion, but I, I don't think it's only politics that politicians are worried about uh, TikTok. It's not just to win votes. It's like legit, like these social media companies have lots of information on us. And if you're in the middle of a trade war and possibly a real war down the road, I mean, do you really want a country that you're beefing with to have all that information on your citizens? I mean, I wouldn't. It's a legit concern for a, a Chinese company to have all that information on Americans. And so, but there's a whole, there's a whole lot of Americans on TikTok. So, so the, the question is, you know, how does the problem get solved? Well, obviously, if a U.S. company buys TikTok from the Chinese conglomerate, that helps all parties involved as best as it can. So Microsoft there's a lot of companies that can buy it, but the Google, the Apple, the Amazons, the Facebooks, they're all kind of <laughs> in antitrust <laughs> issues right now. So they, they can't buy, which position Microsoft to be in a great position to buy TikTok. So they're in talks. Um, the prices are relatively high. Uh, but if they do it, this will be, a, I believe, a, a great deal for Microsoft because it gets all those used on the social media side. Because social, in my opinion, this is... This is one man's point of view, Philip Washington. Moving forward, the way to sell is going to be less like Amazon is still going to be a good way to sell, but the newer way to sell is going to be social, right? It's going to be, you know, hey, I trust this person and this is what they do and I'm going to buy it through them because that's how we naturally buy anyway, right? Amazon does a great job of having a bunch of options, a bunch of things, but it's so much now, right? I'd much rather say, oh, I need some Muay Thai trunks. Oh, these Muay Thai fighters I follow recommend these trunks, and I want to be like them, so I'll just buy it straight from their Instagram page or straight from their TikTok page or whatever, right? So I think the future of 
buying online is going to go more social because as human beings, that's how we buy in real life, you know, um, whether it's a friend or even a sales associate that we like, that, that we meet and they're a good person, you know, nice person, make us feel good and say, oh, you know what? I think this looks good on you. Let me buy that. Right. And so the social will be able to help that. So that, so all the internet companies that are trying to do business online understand that and they want to own some social properties and Microsoft has LinkedIn, but if they, which is heavily business. So if they get TikTok, they're able to compete on the B2C side uh, real well. That's my two cents on that. I don't know if that means buy the stock or not the stock. I don't, we don't personally own Microsoft at this moment. I wish we would have bought it in March, but it didn't make our screens. Um, but it's, it's definitely on my watch list. I'm watching, I'm watching hard. Next question. Philip, should I invest in space? I'm glad I, Put this question after the railroad principle because it goes to the railroad principle, right? My my rule. I don't know who the clear winner is. You know, you have what SpaceX. I don't even know if you can buy stock in SpaceX right now. I gotta look that up after the show. But you also have Virgin Galactic, which you can um, buy stock in. There's no clear winner, right? It's so it's so early. Like space is super early. It hasn't even bubbled up yet. I subscribe to Warren Buffett's principle which is another principle I use. It's called the two-feet hurdle uh, rule. I heard him say it, maybe it was like an annual, one of his annual shareholder meetings, but he said something like, I'm really unathletic, and so I like to only do two, jump over two-feet hurdles, right? And what that, what that means is I only want easy stuff. If I have to think too hard, meaning my core competency is not up to speed to understand it, which for me at this point it is for space, and I think for most people who are not Elon Musk or uh, Chamath, over at Virgin Galactic with with uh, Sir Richard Branson, that's above my pay grade. So I, I don't really know. I mean, I'm I'm naturally I'm a nerd, so I love space. I watch a bunch of space shows on Netflix and uh, Prime Video, and I love the long term idea of space and and the business around it. But there's no clear winner, and it's like a thirty foot hurdle for me for right now. So I just step right past it. I can make money. Lots of other ways outside of space until space either becomes a core competency and or there becomes clear winners. So that's my two cents. Hope that helps somebody. So, y'all, this week, you're not going to know this. I'm actually recording this on Monday. I'll be releasing it on Friday. But I'm taking half the week off because it's my wife's birthday. I don't know if I can say how old she's turning, but it's a pretty big milestone age. So uh, so we took three days off and are going to celebrate. So I'm recording this for y'all early. So I'm not going to have any current event stuff. I'm not going to talk about where the market is because I just put the Friday one out and it's Monday. So, hey, listen, this is what I really want you to do. If you have any any questions, suggestions, or any thoughts for episodes, just email me, philiptis2ls at philipwashingtonjr.com. If you were to say hello, what's up, like, Please do that. I think it'll be helpful for me to, because uh, all right now I'm getting all my questions from in-person meetings from clients, but I really want the audience to engage and send more questions. I think it'll be you know helpful. Or and or if you have a a guest you'd like me to interview that's a successful business person, like email me, let me know, do an email intro, and or, or if they're just people who maybe you don't know that are that you think you want me to interview and you want to hear from, send them to me too. I figure out if I can get a way to uh, get them on the show. Y'all enjoy y'all's week and talk to you next week. Thanks. 
If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.